The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Okay, so we're continuing with 118. And last time we basically uh, worked our way through the, the swamp mm-hmm. and uh, came to some semblance of order. So let's start by rereading it in English and reviewing our theory. And then what I'd like to do, I was going to, like I mentioned in the thing, I was going to try to like, get through all the facts today. I really think it might be better if we just go slowly and um, and then kind of aim to have a solidified understanding by Thursday, like by the end of Thursday, like maybe do half of the Redox today and half of the Redox on Thursday and like try to put together. If we need to take another day, we'll take another day. Yeah, okay, so we have, so I'm gonna actually review the theory before we review the facts because um, that way we could read it with the theory in mind. So anyone remember the theory? <laughs> um, that uh, it's, like specifically mixed in terms of the pivoting back and forth. Yeah. Back and forth because um, like one half, I guess, is like man and God is physically acting. Yeah. And the other half is God acting. Right. So those are Kafka like interlaced. Yeah. They're both, you can't really uh, stay where one stops and the other. Yeah, sorry, I guess they're both relevant. Right. So I, I can't remember if we had a definitive thing about. I remember we made a move about why they're interleaved, but uh, I don't remember if we if we settled on one possibility. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're you're you were saying that you can't. Well, no, not that you can't tell apart, but that. You, I guess they're both. Yeah. You need both of them, I guess. I'm not sure. Yeah. The imagery that coming to mind when you were talking, this is not from last time, but just as you're talking, is like a made us the bad analogy to use because it's not a tug of war. But in the same thing, like in a tug of war, the tug of war game only goes on insofar as both people are both like <laughs> exerting, like, like pulling on the rope, you know? Mm. So in that sense, it's like the Hajgaka occurs through like a concurrent effort from both sides. I don't know if that's what we were saying, or I don't know if that's what we are going to say. Um, I, I, what I thought Zach said, but I guess we can't verify that if he's not here, is, um, is that it's basically dispelling the notion that you can kind of have a unilateral, um, like you take your turn and do your side, and then God will take care of the rest. Mm. That instead of that, it's saying like David is definitely describing. A series of scenarios that he went through and at each step it's david taking a very active role whether through action or speech or perspective and then hashem taking uh an active role with david as the object and then david switching his role and then hashem switching you know so it, it is a constant back and forth. you have to be on your toes kind of like a real relationship like in a real relationship it's also it's not like you just like put in the coins and then like the relationship you know like benefits like come out it's that it's a constant dynamic process of both people constantly adjusting and relating to each other and doing actions and you know and if, you, if only one party is doing that then you don't have a relationship right right that's why it couldn't be yeah right because i would kind of imply like he does this thing and then hashem responds you right. know and like i guess in certain things maybe if you had a a mismore about tefillah mm-hmm then even though tefillah is going to go on for many days or whatever, but like an instance of tefillah might be like that, you know, um, or like a, uh, you know, doing a nace, like there are certain nacing where that happens, like Moshe Rabino announces it and then it happens, but your core relationship with God has to be a relationship and there has to be a constant reevaluation and recalibration. And, 
also, I mean, not just because the circumstances are changing, but also you're changing and your emotions are changing and your understanding is changing. And like successes in one area will produce potential failure in another area. Like we saw, you know, in the Ma'ashiv Lashem thing where you are in dire, a dire situation and you ask God to save you and you, he saves you and you feel indebted, but then that, that very salvation could be the cause of a pitfall. And then you're, you, you lose sight of that. And then that causes you to forget God, you know, or like in, when we were doing um, the Korn Pesach here uh, in the Kuntras that B'nai Israel were, had a slave mentality and then God redeemed them. But unless he took, unless God took active measures to combat that, they would get a master mentality instead of a free person's mentality, you know, so it's constant dangers and, and, and shifting. And so, um, again, like I'm, it's obvious now that I'm saying it out loud, it's like a real relationship. Like, like a real relationship is a very, like even the best relationships are very uh, rocky and, and, you know, and need constant vigilance and adjustment, you know? Yeah, this, this might take us too far. Yeah. But, um, is it just a coincidence that that metaphor works over relationship? No, I think that's, uh, I think it's by design. You know, I think the whole Lashem B'nai Adam way that the Torah frames God is in relationship terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, mean, I guess I'm asking why, why is that? I think because that's the way the human psyche can relate to, uh, uh, intelligence that is a free being i mean meaning like like the only other basically you only have there's only one hakira that's the gavra you know like you could either relate to god as an object or relate to god as a person Mm -hmm. and a relationship with an even when we relate to objects like you can see in relationship terms oddly enough like 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 um i just heard a shear on relationships uh, yesterday that uh, I was comparing the Jewish idea of relationships to the Greek idea of relationships. And they mentioned that like love is not mentioned like in any of the early relationships in, in, uh, in, um, in Bracius. And then like, it is mentioned by Yitzchak, but then also he mentions it in conjunction with, he loved Esau because of the stew and like the love being like an object of like, like, I don't know. It was, it was a weird thing about like, but it got me thinking about the fact that like, yeah, we do use human relationship terms with objects also, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, that would be inappropriate in relation to God. Like if you start psychologically relating to God as an object or a, a static force, because then you're going to feel superior that you are the free dynamic, you know, thinking being right. that exerts power over that. So of the two models, person is better than object in relating to God. Mm-hmm. And the psyche is wired to, 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 you know, to relate to relationships based on human qualities. I mean, real good example is pets. Like I know pets do have some human emotions, but like you see it all come out in an extreme way with pets, you know? Yeah. Okay. So let's read through it in English again. And then we'll, uh, we'll start reading the Rabag and going, not Rabag, wow. We'll start going into, uh, into the Radak and trying to find the particulars there. Yeah. Don't tell the wrong one. <laughs> okay. Um, Give <laughs> yeah, thanks to Hashem for He is good, for His kindness is eternal. Let Israel say now, for His kindness is eternal. Let the house of Aaron say it now, for His kindness is eternal. Let those who fear Hashem say now, for His kindness is eternal. From the straits did I call upon God. So all of that is David, either as himself or as as a, a mouthpiece for Claudius Israel as a whole, um, saying stuff and doing stuff and saying to do stuff. Then he calls out from the straits upon God. God answered me with expansiveness. So that's God acting. Hashem is with me. I have no fear. What can man do to me? Hashem is with me through my helpers, and therefore I shall see my foes. I think that therefore I shall see my foes. 
you could say that that's David, but I feel like it's enough of a result of Hashem is with me through my helpers that I'm comfortable classifying it that way. Sorry, you don't have colors. I don't have colors. <laughs> it is better to take refuge in Hashem than to rely on man. It is better to take refuge in Hashem than to rely on nobles. All the nations surround me. In the name of Hashem, I cut them down. They circle me. They also surround me. In the name of Hashem, I cut them down. They encircle me like bees, but you are, oh, sorry, but they are, uh, wait, I lost my place. They encircle me like bees, but they are extinguished as fire does thorns. In the name of Hashem, I cut them down. You pushed me hard to make me fall, but Hashem assisted me, um, which we're going to see, by the way, the Radak does confirm my reading. I forgot who was asking about it, but the you is not him talking to Hashem. I say grammatically that doesn't make sense because then it wouldn't say, but Hashem assisted me. So it's the enemies push me hard to make me fall. Well, okay, I mean, to me. Can we just see reason that maybe this morning that like it said talks about God in this? Well, when, when you're when you're in Tefillah, then definitely it switches back and forth between the second and first person. I forgot where we saw it, but we did. Yeah, yeah, it definitely talks about that. But I'm saying that in a narrative, which like yeah. I know this is Helen, but like right. it is describing a scenario, you know. Okay. Um, and it just got done talking about enemies, you know. So, but anyway, the Radak agrees with me, so so <laughs> at least I had him on my side. Um, I with me through the Radak. Uh, God is my strength and my praise. He was a salvation for me. The sound. Uh, so that's all God acting. Then we switch back to David. Uh, or the people, at least. The sound of rejoicing and salvation is in the tent of the righteous. Hashem's right hand makes success. Um, oh, so this is one that I was using the quotation marks from the art scroll. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I should have highlighted that as part of what Hashem is doing, because that's what they're saying. All right, fine. I'm just going to change the color here. Okay. But that could be in the same camp as, like, first kindness is eternal. Yeah. That's also true. So right, right. Meaning it could be the contents of their praise that they are saying. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, actually, you know what? I'm going to change all of it to that because I think actually that's how the Radak takes it. Um, as which one? As uh, as what they are saying. Uh huh. Okay, so it's right. It's included in man's actions. In man's actions, yeah. Um, I shall not. Oh, sorry. Uh, Hashem's right hand is raised. Hashem's right hand makes success, makes success. I shall not die, but I shall live and relate the deeds of God. That's still David. Then we switch back to Hashem briefly. God has chastened me exceedingly, but he does not give me over to death. Then we go back to David. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter them and thank God. This is the gate of Hashem. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you for you have answered me and become my salvation. Uh, the stone the builders despised has become the cornerstone. Then back to Hashem. This has emanated from Hashem. It is wondrous in our eyes. This is the day Hashem has made. And then back to David. Let us rejoice and be glad on it. And then we said this is the one that's kind of like the combo. Please, Hashem, save now. Please, Hashem, bring success now. This is the only one where he directly addresses Hashem. Mm-hmm. So he's beseeching Hashem, but he's asking Hashem to be the active party to save and and uh, right. help him succeed. Blessed is he who comes in the name of Hashem. This is back to human beings. We bless you from the house of Hashem. Then back to Hashem. Hashem is God, he, and he illuminated for us. Uh, then back to the human beings for the rest of the Mizmor. Find the festival offering with cords until the corners of the altar. You are my God, and I will thank you. My God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to Hashem, for he is good, for his kindness is eternal. Yeah. Oh, so side point. Uh, I had a, an epiphany on the way here that I actually meant to offer to share at the beginning, but I'm kind of glad I didn't because I'm afraid it would take up the whole thing. It's, it's like it's a, an epiphany on on how asking people to uh, lots of people to daven for someone works. Hmm. Uh, so I want to share that with people at some point, but uh, and this would be this year to do it. But uh, I just someone remind me at some point, like when we have uh, you know. Some sort of time. It's it's okay. it's exciting. I think. I think it's, it's just an epiphany, not based on any source. But okay, okay. So now what we're gonna do. Oh, so now, uh, so we, we already reviewed the main idea. Oh, one question also. I was I ran this by Ken, and he said Hegelian dialectics, and I didn't know what that was, Ooh. so I had to look it up. Do you know what that is? Yeah, like 
things like there's like two sides of the coin, like yeah so that's that was so that's what he said and then i looked at it on wikipedia right before sharon it said uh uh you have a thesis and antithesis mm-hmm. and then you end up with synthesis right you know and so that was what ken's um uh ken's like categorization of this unique kind of type of pivot is is it's struggling with the fact that um david hashem is with david yet he's surrounded by his enemies uh-huh. um i thought that was slightly different than what we were saying yeah but I want to mention it in case it ends up being like fruitful. Okay. Can I have a question about the yes. way that we're breaking this down? It's yeah. maybe related to what Ken was saying also. Sure. Um, but I'm not sure. Like the back and forth or like the relationship with Hashem idea, mm-hmm. like it doesn't seem like that's the idea of the parak. Exactly. Okay. Like it doesn't seem like it's a parak about that, at least. Yeah, because, of, because I mean, what would you, I think we said this last time, but like, what would you say? in a word, <laughs> the main idea of the parak is, or phrase. Yeah, right? I think it's thanks, right? So you're right. Uh, and I think that's something we do, we do need to grapple with. Um, the conflict between the bracket theme of Hodu's and then like the overarching thing of Hallel and the fact that like this seems like a culmination of Hallel, mm-hmm. um, especially if you take the Messianic era thing. So it's a we- it would be a weird venue to highlight this thing of the nature of our relationship with Hashem with a constant back and forth. And, and it's funny that there's only one positive where he's actually addressing God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these these are like the, uh, the um, what do you call it? Like, uh, what was the thing that Newton gave Newton hard on? The retrograde motion of uh, Mercury, <laughs> right? There's like a little thing that like like doesn't fit and like either we'll find an answer for the particular or that particular will be the cause of an overhaul of the entire thing. Right. Yeah. So that's a good question tomorrow. You're right. It, does, it doesn't fit. And I, you know, another thing that doesn't fit about that is we noted last time that the entire tone is happy throughout the whole thing, except for 25, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like that, that also, like, if you're talking about truly being in a state of distress and calling upon Hashem and trusting in him, I feel like the happy tone is like a weird film that like settles upon the entire thing. Like, Mm. like I feel like it should be much more um, like he would express the emotions of fear. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you could go the other way because I I see the other thing of like trusting in God also, but I hear what you're saying tomorrow. That's a good observation. Good problem. Okay. So should we start the Radak? Do it. Okay. Um, And I'm just going to read it in the English. And if you question any translations, I put the Hebrew right up there anyway. I think it'll just be easier to think about in English. So he tackled the first four them all at once, which is the, um, oh, and you know what the other thing I want to do is, since we haven't yet read it in Hebrew, because we know the Hebrew, presumably, I do want to read the Hebrew for each Pesach uh, and translate it before we look at the commentary. So we have, Now, our scroll translated, I mean, I guess I can ask you, how would you have translated it had you not seen my English? <laughs> Praise to God, because... Inching, you, you translate Hoda as praise because that is technically a meaning. Uh-huh. It's typically translated Hoda as oh, thanks. thanks, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, sometimes it's, it's, it's a, a okay. phrase. I wasn't sure if you no. were Dafka like, okay, yeah. No. All right. So thanks, I guess. Yeah, thanks to Hashem. Uh, because he's good. Yeah, because he's good. Uh, because his kindness is forever. Yeah, his kindness is forever. So Arthur says his kindness endures forever. Mm. And I thought that that's a little bit too loaded of a translation because it's making it sound like the forever is his, is, is like a statement about the kindness. Uh-huh. But I saw um, on the, um, 
I'm just going to mention this now, even though this might be a completely different theme on the old source sheet, which I still have. If you want to see this one thing. Oh no. Ooh, also I also had a question about Olam. Olam, yeah. Olam. Um, so this could have just been ignorance on her part, but my teacher yeah. from my class said that um, Olam, the Pashut, like the Pashut meaning is, does mean world. And they, oh, yeah? it doesn't mean eternity. So, I mean, but, again, I'm not a uh, 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 etymological archaeologist, but um, but like I, I, I feel like it is not. <laughs> I, I think that 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 it's pretty unanimous that biblical Hebrew uses it, or certainly Kumash uses it mm-hmm. as eternity. And then the other thing is, and this is not an insurmountable problem, but like it'd be very weird if the word no, it's weird either way. I mentioned this before for the word world to be the same as eternal when we don't hold that the world is eternal, <laughs> you know, but that could just be the same way as like rock is eternal. Yeah. It's like, it feels eternal, you know, right. but yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I mean, I, I, uh, am not aware. Okay. I can ask my, uh, my word guys. Yeah. Okay. okay uh, look at the Sforno there. Um, I think I'm still hearing the right thing. Hold on. Oh, no, I'm not. Hold on. Um, I share the other document. Uh, so Sporno, and again, this could be a completely different idea. Sporno says, For the fact, over the fact that he is good and does good for you. And on the fact that his his kindness is is constant. To benefit, without changing. If not for the deficiency in the recipients. But this is an idea that, I mean, we talk about this a lot, but that God doesn't change and he is always doing good. But the only reason why, and not the only reason, but the primary reason why why a particular being would not get that good is if they, is, is from their end. Not if it is that they're being blamed, like if something on their end, you know, so like, let's say, for example, you know, God is constantly supporting all living things. But if you're a human being and like you hoard your wealth and like the people in the city can't eat, so then, then they're not, then they're going to starve. But that's not a lack in God's chesed. God is giving chesed. All the resources are there. It's just that, you know, you have to be worthy to receive it. Or same thing with like keeping Torah is that if you keep Torah, then uh, you'll get the benefit of the perfection and the knowledge and like the the hashgacha. And if you don't, then you'll you will be subject to the laws of chance or whatever, and uh, and you'll receive whatever you receive. Mm-hmm. You know, um, or like my favorite example, which I know I've mentioned not this year, but favorite absolute favorite example because it's used for so many so many things. This is from Rafi Karlantic. He was saying he, we were talking about cake, okay, and he was saying how God. So he was saying how if you take flour and sugar and eggs and water or whatever. And like you mix them together in the right way and you heat them with the right like type of heating, then it'll make a cake, you know? And that God set up the universe so that if you engage with it properly, then cakes will pop out. Mm-hmm. That was his like way of saying, it, you know? So like, like it's, it, it, God's chesed is constant. Like the world is primed for cake. And literally all you have to do is just like, like align yourself with the cake making principles and then cake will just pop out. Yeah, right. It's a great analogy, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, so, so I like this idea of So give thanks to Hashem for He is good. 
he lit Olam Kasto, and since he is intrinsically good and he is Hatova Metiv, his good is constant and unchanging. And the only thing that prevents it really is from the recipients, you know. Um, and so that's why I translated it in my translation for uh, as um, his kindness is eternal, because that can encompass the article idea of his kindness endures forever, if, if we get an idea from that. But it also is like pointing to God's eternity mm. and unchangingness being the cause of his unique goodness that makes us say thank you in this way. Right. And that's the kindness is eternal, just clarifying, because the system doesn't change? Um, well, he can change the system, but right. he himself uh, is the um, constant source of uh, cause of its existence, mm. and and all the good that comes from it comes from his unchanging self. Okay. I don't know if that satisfies the question that you were asking. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure what question Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, uh, this is going to be part of the theme, so I'm sure we'll revisit it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's why I translated it as his kindness is eternal. Um, you could also say his kindness is forever. That also works. I just didn't like the word endure forever. And then once I was going with talking about God's nature, I felt like eternal is a better word for God's nature than forever, which implies like from now on onward. Yomar not Yisrael kilom pasto. Let Israel say now. Uh, for his kindness is eternal. Yomuna bet Aaron kilom chasto. Let um, uh, the Hakam Aaron say for his kindness is eternal. It's weird that they're only repeating the second half. Hmm. Yeah. Well, right. maybe they're uh, saying, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe they're saying maybe they're saying Hodu Hashem that Yeah. Because his like because his chasid is eternal. Like it's explaining why they're saying. That. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like they say, oh, okay, I see. So Dove is telling us, give thanks to Hashem for He is good, and he's saying we should. The reason that motivates us is for kindness is eternal, right? And then the reason why they Israel says it, and the reason why the Kohanim say it is because you know, right. okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I guess so I think like nine quotes. Uh, it is yeah. So it would be. Yeah, you're right. It's not in quotes, right? No, not quotes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was just trying to see if I understood that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, 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 that I think it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, so I'm deleting the quotes. Give me a sec. <laughs> um, yeah, so let Israel say "Hodu let Hashem" or, or or like "Thank you, Hashem," whatever. Right. Yeah, and then and then first kind of Israel. Okay, good. Okay. Um, then we have the Radak. He thinks Hashem is good for his kindness. So we read this last time, but we didn't read all of it. We just read this first paragraph. Regarding the psalm, there's a dispute in the words of the sages in Psalm 117a. Some say that the psalm was said about David, and others say it. Okay, and I didn't proofread any of this. I just like banged this out like right before Shear. Um, others say that this was said about the Messianic era, and that the th- and that the Thanksgiving is being expressed on behalf of those who are exiled collectively. Uh, and then I put in brackets despite being expressed in the first person voice. That's what we said last time. Is that if it's on, if it's in the expression <laughs> it's about the Messianic era, so then we, Zach said it well. We are saying it as people in exile. No, no, sorry. Dove, we, Tehillim Sayers, are reciting words that Dovin is saying on behalf of the redeemed exiles, reflecting on what it was like to be in the exile and be redeemed, something like that. Right. right. I forgot how it was. Very complicated. <laughs> um, this is correct. So he likes this, but he's going to go on to give interpretations for both. And this psalm begins with give thanks and concludes with give thanks due to the praiseworthy character of the psalm. And the greatness of the statements said in it. So that's him explicitly acknowledging the theme is hoda'a, but I don't know what he means. Due to the, if you look at the Hebrew there, uh, I didn't exactly know how to translate it. 
Lishevach, sorry, Hamizmor, Masil, Behodu, Umasayim, Behodu, Lishevach, Hamizmor, Ulugadulas, Hadavarim, Shinam, Rabah. What does that have to do with anything? I mean, I'd say it is saying Hodu because the theme is thanking. Yeah. Like, why Why does that have to do with the Devarim in the Mizmor? I, I don't know what he's getting at there. Like, me saying there's something good about the words in Mizmor? Yeah, in the actual content. And because, like, in other words, it's like, see, I would give what I would have said. Dovey wants to write something about giving thanks to God. Mm-hmm. So he starts it and ends it with the Hoda and then fills the middle with good stuff. Right. But what it sounds like the Radak is saying is, David like wrote this and he's like, man, I wrote a really good mismoor. Right. It's so good that I'm going to start it and end with Hodu. You know? So like, that's how we got the front of the Radak. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what he means. Okay. Next to him are, uh, oh, sorry, not yet. More Radak. Okay. If this, now he goes, he walks us through each possibility. If this was said about David, um, its explanation is as follows. When David became king, he said, give thanks to Hashem, saying, all of you are obligated to give thanks to God for my kingship, for he has done good for you. Um, okay, so he's, so if this is about David, then this is post, uh, what do you call it, coronation, mm-hmm. right? So when he became king, he's now urging everyone, hey guys, this is good for you, and you should thank Hashem for this. Afterwards, he mentioned specifically Israel and the house of Aaron and those of your Hashem. Uh, and now he's going to explain each one. Israel should give thanks to God, blessed is he, for my kingship, because I, with the help of God, defeated their enemies even in the, in the days of Shaul. And even now, even more so now that I'm king, that their hearts may be secure and tranquil, that their enemies will not come to them, for they are afraid of me. Now, I read this on the surface. I don't know. Sounds a little arrogant. Hmm. Like, yeah, thank God for my kingship, you know. But but then I realized it's the opposite of arrogant, because what are the people who are David supporters naturally going to feel due to the reality of him defeating the enemies. Thanks to him. Thanks to him, right? So he's directing and saying, no, 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 guys, don't thank, don't thank me. Yeah, don't thank me. Thank God for making me king because it's, I'm just like a a tool for him to bring this security to you. Yeah. That's like good, good king. Good kings do this. That was my own to give thanks to God for my kingship because Shaul killed Nov, the city of Kohanim. Again, I've mentioned my gap of like David knowledge. So uh, I've heard of this incident, but I don't know the details. Those who fear Hashem should give thanks to God, blessed is he for my kingship, because since Israel is secure and tranquil, those who fear Hashem are free to involve themselves in wisdom. Um, uh, so that's those who fear Hashem, meaning that, um, you know, all these threats were obstacles. And because Hashem has now made David king and giving security to Kali Israel, now they can be involved in the true good. Mm-hmm. So all this is so just, oh, sorry, one more thing. Uh, furthermore, I fear God like them. I mean, he's in this category of Yireh Hashem. And I love them and will place my friend in them my friendship. As it is written, I'm a friend to all those who fear you. So that's the David version. Okay, right. let's read the Mashiach version and then, um, or sorry, the Midrash version and then the Mashiach version. Okay, and then we'll see if we can get a unified idea or whether these are different ideas. And in the Midrash Shoker Tov, uh, those who fear Hashem, this refers to the Davidic dynasty. As it is written, I'm a friend to all who fear you. What did David do? He said, I sit in the house of cedar while the ark of God dwells within the curtain. I assume that's the Mishkan. Yeah. Um, Barco said then forever shall I preserve my kindness. Um, that's probably supposed to be for him, not from him. Uh, and my covenant shall remain true to him. I shall, and I shall establish his seat eternally and his throne like the days of the heaven. He also said regarding Israel for his kindness is eternal, meaning that Barco doesn't do kindness only for one or two years, but forever, as it is stated for the kindness of Hashem has not, uh, kindnesses of Hashem have not ceased. This is what happens when you don't proofread. Um, and it is stated, uh, my kindness shall not be removed from you. The house of Aaron should also say for his kindness is forever, as it is stated, it shall be for him and his offering after him an eternal covenant of priesthood. So this one seems to be emphasizing 
that the kindness is forever. Hmm. Like kahuna lasts forever and the, the kindness God does last for many years and, uh, and the Davidic dynasty lasts for many years. So slightly different, but also about David. Yeah. Then the last one is, if this song was said regarding the Messianic era, then he said, give thanks to Hashem for he is good for his kindness is eternal because he did come for Israel and preserve them. He preserved for them his kindness forever, meaning for the end of the many years they were in exile. So that's putting emphasis on the preservation, which the puzzle doesn't say, but meaning that the kindness is everlasting, that I guess even though David made a promise, sorry, even though uh, Hashem made a promise to the Avos that he would redeem their offspring, and that didn't happen until thousands of years later. Mm-hmm. The kindness was, was being preserved eternally for that entire time, mm-hmm. you know, despite the length of the gullus. Afterwards, he said that Israel should give thanks to Hashem and say for, for his kindness is eternal, for they were slaves in their exile and now they are masters. Likewise, the house of Aram should give their own thanks and say for his kindness is eternal, since the priesthood had been nullified from them for many years in exile and now it has returned to them. So again, this is all talking about the preservation, right? That um, they were slaves, but that kindness of making them masters was waiting, or they, the 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 Kohanim were like all in disrepair, or not, that's a that's a building word. Uh, they were all like, uh, uh, you know, um, kicked out of their grandeur and their privileges and all that stuff. But then his kindness was like waiting them to restore them. Those likewise, those who fear Hashem, who seclude themselves in devotion to Torah and wisdom, to give their own thanks, thanks for his kindness forever, because in their exile, due to the magnitude of the sorrow, the catastrophe, they didn't have freedom, and their hearts were not whole and fit for Hashem. But now they can give thanks to Hashem. So slightly different embassies, but can we get a major idea of this block here? Like, what do they all have in common? Um, like, it's a situation where you would normally devote your, or direct your thanks toward some kind of human thing, yeah. person or whatever. Um, no human people. <laughs> yeah. But instead you're... Uh, Directing toward God. Right. So that fits in very well as the main point for the first interpretation. Yeah, maybe it's the um, Meaning when he's saying, you guys should thank God for my kingship. Mm-hmm. It's definitely true of the other versions, uh, but yeah. I feel like he's not highlighting it. Like, yeah. like you know, um, uh, especially because those don't really have to do with David's kingship. Right? Yeah. Like God restoring the... Um, oh, no, sorry. The, the second... Wait, the Midrash Shofar Tov was... Um, yeah, those are not connected to the kingship, right? Like the house of our own, that's just talking about the fact that God gave, made the kahuna eternal, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. I feel like there's an idea, I won't say it yet, but I feel like there's an idea in here about Hoda'a, though, that, that runs through all three of them. Mm-hmm. And it's in the Pesukim, like, it's not just in the Radak, but I think it's like, Plain shot in the Pesukim. And we saw it earlier in Halal also. Right, I guess, like, that uh, you're focused not on the, like, immediate experience or immediate, like, particular situation that you're exposed to, but you're, like, focused on sort of, like, um, I guess, like, God, but also, like, his principles and stuff, and his, like, like, yeah, more Maybe I'm just not understanding what you're saying. I mean, that definitely fits into the Hoda Vashem Kito part, but doesn't it sound like all the things are particulars that are happening now oh, that they're no, thinking about? Well, I guess the focusing on like the Chatzir Hashem in terms of like the fact that even though there was Golos and problems and bad stuff, 
you know, it was still the end ups and downs and whatever. They were still like this, you know, unpaid. I think you're saying, okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's, that's definitely true. Yeah. Like same for the Kuna. Right. Okay, good. That, that, that is good. And that fits in really well with the Sporno's interpretation of the unchangingness yeah. of the fact that the fact that was always waiting there. Right. It's just that all the stuff, the bad stuff that happened was as a result of the Khetron Hamakoplim, like yeah. the lack in the in the recipients. Yeah. Right. And, it, and it fits in with the Patrick God, I think, also, because the God is, as you see said, even though all these, <laughs> even if, like, even though, like, all these, like, and, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, good. I, Got a hair on my tongue. <laughs> um, I uh, I was thinking slightly different, uh, not uh, as a criticism of that one, but I think the idea that really emerges from this is you give thanks for what affects you, mm. which is almost the opposite. Mm-hmm. But meaning not to say you don't give thanks for other stuff, but he's basically saying that each group of people should give thanks from what they are the direct beneficiaries of. That the Kohanim, you know, let's say in the David example, Shaul killed the city of Kohanim and like, therefore the Kohanim have a stake in like the kingship of David that was given by Hashem to like remove that injustice, right. you know, um, or like in the messianic era thing, you know, I mean, same thing with the Kohanim there is that the Kohanim were not able to be Kohanim and now they have it, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, theoretically we could all thank Hashem for the Kohanim, but no, you guys, you Kohanim thank Hashem for your Kahuna, you Israel thank Hashem for like your Israel stuff and like you fear Hashem, you fear Hashem, thank Hashem for your ability to be involved in Chachma, you know? So it's like, um, it's like the corollary of the principle of like Tain Lo Me'in Birchosav, that when it comes to saying like brachos on, uh, you know, on like food, you you do it category specific, Mm -hmm. but with Shevach, it really has to do with the category like in, you know, objective Chachma categories, you know, this is a very personal, like you are a recipient of a certain type of good. And that's, that should be what your Hoda focuses on. That sounds like obvious, but I could see it. Like I could see someone saying the, like, let's see if you can do this. Give, give a reason why philosophically, like that's not the best way to do it. And philosophically it'd be better to, to not do that. Um, all of these things really benefit people or yeah or the system in general yeah yeah so like why are you focusing on this this narrow like perspective yeah exactly yeah you know um or you could also say that like you know um that you're limiting your praises to just like you know to to the fact that god saved the you know kohanim like how can you limit it like you're you're basically like excluding from your praises all these other things you know like i can see that argument and that might be true in terms of Shevach, you know, and that might be, that's the concern in Shevach. That's like why we need a heter for Shevach because, you know, anytime we say something, then like we're falling short in that and like excluding a bunch of other stuff. But apparently in Hoda, then, then it, it, uh, then we don't say that. Mm-hmm. So can we think about that for a second? Mm-hmm. Like why with Hoda should it be um, you specific? Well, I guess it's an opposing concern, which is that you, um, like you need to be able to like relate to the Hoda. Yeah. Um, which I'm not sure why that's in Brian Shiva, but yeah, we'll worry about Shiva later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the Hoda is that you are um like actually feeling thankful for what yeah you what you're talking about, I guess. Yeah. Um so then you if it's related to you, then like basically basically you Hoda is basically you have certain like feelings toward these things that these are good things that you got yeah and so you're just you're 
Koda is just directing those feelings toward God. Yes, right. So, so the, 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 just to state the opposite then, you have these feelings about these particulars is what you're saying, right? Yeah. And the Hoda is directing them towards God. So the thing is, is if you, if you just thanked God, let's say in general terms, mm-hmm. that would lead to like this splitting off, I think, where you would have your, your feelings of thanks or entitlement, which would be worth than thanks about those particular things while you're like engaging in these abstractions about God being Hakova Metiv, you know? Right. And that's like, that's like, the, I mean, to go back to Shavak for a second, like that's like the person. Maybe, maybe this is a bad example. That's like the person says Shahakol and everything. Mm. You know, mm. like yeah, it's a true statement. Shahakol me a bit but like you are the person who says Shahakol and everything is not appreciating God's role in the the fruit of the vine that he is about to mm. consume. You know, like it's 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 gonna be a lack in terms of his relationship to those particulars. You know. And this is even more dangerous because you do feel that sense of indebtedness, um, not in the Mahatma Lachem sense, but like gratitude, well, I guess gratitude is what we call it, uh, about with regards to these particulars. And if you don't direct it in the right way, um, uh, which we're saying is towards God, then then you'll it'll get stopped up at somewhere else. Like in the, in, I'm going to give an example from our Seder, uh, that at our Seder, there was a point where someone said, that they're thankful to the system of Torah. Mm. And I said, that's true, but I said, you have to go one step further that in the Haggadah we say, Baruch HaMakom Shanasan as a Torah, you know, that thanking the Torah or letting your feelings of thanks, like just go up to the Torah and then stop at the Torah would be like thanking the hammer that made your table, like instead of the person wielding the hammer. And that's like the people thanking David and praising David's kingship as opposed to the one who caused it, you know? So like those emotions have to find their place. And so I guess what I'm saying is, is by focusing the thanks on the particulars, you are like, that's what, what uh, creates the pipeline to those emotions. And then tracing it back to God makes those emotions flow towards him. You know, like you have to like seize those feelings of gratitude about the particulars and direct it towards God and it could fail on either end. Right. You could either not connect it to the particulars and then they'll just be cut off and their own thing, or you could not direct it to Hashem and then it'll be directed to some intermediary, which is actually not the cause of the good that you received. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good, like talk about Hoda, right. In terms of the, uh, what we get from this. Right. So at least we have something there. Okay, good, good. All right, let's go on. Unless there's any questions on that. Okay. Um, so now we have, let's go back to the Pesukim in Hebrew just so we can get it here. Min uh, ha-meitzar karasiyah anani va-merchavyah. Merchavyah, I don't know what it is, right? So uh, from the straits, I called upon God. God answered me with uh, expansiveness. Yeah. Um, right. It would be weird if this was one word, right? Because no one says karasi ka hmm. is one word. Uh, I guess you can. You could really call out. Yeah, really call out. Or, no, really, real expand. Oh, you, no, I'm saying I don't think Merkav. factually. Yeah, from Merkavia. Yeah, yeah. That could be, no? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Merkav, well, that's what I'm saying. Merkavia. The more I say Merkavia is either one word or two words. I'm saying karasi ka. I don't know anyone who says that that's. Okay. Like, karasi is just a straight up verb. I called and then, I don't know. Intense calling out? Intense calling out. That's what Zeb was trying to say, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. So let's look at the redoc there. Oh, I think there's an example of this in Barking Hoffman. Yeah. Which is like something. Okay. Oh yeah, that rings a bell. Like our That rings a bell. We gotta check. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Um, okay. Um, although I still do think you say Elohim okay. because you are use there. You are using God. God's name as the modifier. I mean, that's a full name of God as opposed to uh, like a suffix form uh, of God's name, which is not actually God's name. Okay. Like hallelujah is, we said is- um, Right, just like a- sorry. It's like a reference to God's name, but it's not, it doesn't have Kedusha, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Um, from the face that I call upon God, uh, if this was said about David, he is giving thanks to God, blessed is he, for removing him from the straits to expansiveness, because he, when he was fleeing, he was in straits, but he had to conceal himself in caves and fortresses. So literal straits, like narrow places, okay? Uh, that's a weird shot that, like, uh, we have to think about why, like, focusing on that, you know? Um, although, no, truthfully, I mean, I guess if you were on the run from the Nazis and, like, you had to, like, hide out in, like, these, you know, like, subterranean thingies, then... Like that's uh, you would say, I called to God from like the depths, you know, like, yeah. So I guess it's not so weird. Uh, and if you said about Israel speaking about them collectively in the first person voice um, from the streets that I would enable the exile from there, I called upon God until he answered me and placed, okay. Another typo placed me in expansiveness. Um, yeah. Okay, fine. So what's the idea in this puzzle here? I mean, it's interesting that it's just interesting quality to focus on of narrow places and expansive places, you know, and like the narrowness in Dubby's case is the physical strictures and expansiveness is he doesn't need to hide himself anymore. And then with the Clydesdale, the strictures is more figurative is the all the pressures of Gullah, presumably. And then uh, expansiveness is the fact that we're in the time of Mashiach and like there's no no subjugation, no oppression. Right. There's a weird, weird quality to put it with, you know. It's emotional. I what he's talking about. Yeah. Like, like, like yeah. Relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's this feeling of I have no place to turn. I mean, we kind of talked about it with the Pesi thing, right? Of like I had no place to turn, uh, and uh, and the pressures were from all around, and but there's one, you know, one being who is not who himself is not limited by that. Meaning, if you were turning to another human being, maybe this is another way to, to take it. If you're turning to another human being when you're in, hiding in a cave, like, like they're not going to help you. They're not going to be able to help you. Like, they get you out of the cave, and now you're in the dangers that the cave, you know, like that you went to the cave for the first place for. You know? Or they can't get you because they don't, you know. Or let's say in Gullus, like, we, you know, this is all throughout the Navi, we try turning to our enemies to make alliances, and that didn't work, you know. Um, but God is not, like, bound by that. And so you are appealing to the being who is not limited by your limitations and by limitations that will limit people like you. Right. Yeah. Um, let's stop here. And you want me to share the quick idea about Tefillah? Okay. So I'm going to stop here. I'm not going to record this because it's speculative. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> oh, no. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi 
Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at Matt-Schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are MattSchneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at RabbiSchneeweiss at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading and thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.